0: Of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenbeck program.
1: Merry Christmas, America! Yesterday was a high holy day when Christians the world over paused to recognize the birth of the King, Jesus the Christ. What if the shepherds had cell phones? Can you imagine? Can you imagine the shepherds taking video of Jesus in a manger or of Mary breastfeeding or of Joseph trying to shish the animals? Do you think those videos would have gone viral? How did the shepherd story make it out of that pasture in the first place? I mean, there were no reporters, no papers, no media on hand. Now, there is a reason why the great invasion from heaven to earth happened a few thousand years ago and in near obscurity. There are lessons to be learned for those who have eyes wide open and ears willing to hear. Plus, I've got stories to share. Lots of stories. It's the day after Christmas. My name is James T. Harris, and this is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
2: The Rectech grill is going to change your life. And I know that is a bold, bold statement, but let me tell you how. Rectech grills have smart grill technology. So that means you're an expert griller the very first time you use it. The Rectech is a different kind of grill. It is light years ahead because great grilling is all about temperature control. Rectech grill has old school customer service. Everyone that buys a grill gets the owner's personal cell phone number. Really? Honestly, you do. And access to a team of expert grillers. And the Rectech family has hundreds of thousands of followers on social media, so you're going to be joining a community of grillers that love sharing their recipes and experiencing the Rectech lifestyle. So make sure you check them out. This makes a great family Christmas present, but please don't make a really expensive mistake. People who want the best choose Rectech. Do your own homework. RecTech. Built by grillers for grillers. Rectechgrills.com. That's R-E-C-T-E-C grills.com.
1: My name is James C. Harris. Sitting in for for Glenn Beck. I am a radio talk show host. Uh, My show is called The Conservative Circus. I... I'm the ringmaster. And the big top is News Talk 550 KFYI out of Phoenix. You can listen Monday through Friday, 4 to 7 p.m. AZ time, because our time doesn't change. Yours does. And right after my show is the Glenn Beck program. So, so, So this is perfect, and I am honored to once again be filling in. And on Christmas, I hope that you had a fantastic Christmas. I hope that your Christmas was filled with joy. I hope that your Christmas was filled uh, with family. And I hope that your Christmas was not filled with media. I do believe that the media is our enemy. We're going to talk about that uh, on today's program. We sing, O come all ye faithful. We sing joy to the world. And that's because this is the time where, where Christians celebrate the birth Christ and even as a child, Jesus was king from the first breath that he drew, he was worthy to be worshiped. Jesus is 100% human, and we Christians believe he's also 100% divine. Jesus' birth was so huge, it was so huge of a miracle that it had to be accompanied, you know, by a whole host of angels. What if the shepherds were too busy looking at their social media on their phones to have noticed the heavenly host? Oh, we do that. We do that. I am a night hiker. To the chagrin of my smoking hot wife and my, my friends, my co-workers, my boss, I hike at night. And sometimes I even hike at night uh, in, my, in my sandals. Some would say barefoot. I love it especially when there's that full moon and those stars and it's quiet and the shadows. And that's pretty much what was going on with those shepherds a couple of thousand years ago. But see, they weren't out enjoying themselves. They were working and their job was to protect the sheep, protect the flock from wolves. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And out of that darkness, and out of that 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 environment, boom! <laughs> the skies lit up. I think one of the first things the angels said was, "Fear not." Well, yeah, that was. Yeah. I would have been, yeah. <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> Running, fall over the, trip over the sheep. No, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all the people. What a message. Now, if you're up on your Jewish tradition, if you're up on your Bible study, you know that the, 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 the Lord had gone silent. God had gone silent for over 400 years. They were waiting for a Messiah, but they didn't know how this is going to play out. This message, I believe the Christmas message is so important because those shepherds who are out in the fields, those shepherds who were doing their job. They was probably probably seen as one of the lowest jobs of that of that society. It's not something that you would aspire to. Sometimes. We're in those kind of positions where we're we're doing jobs and we don't think that it's it's all that important. We don't see ourselves as all that special. And look what happened. The heavens opened up and the angels visited the shepherds. They didn't visit the king. They didn't seek out the priest. The angels visited the shepherds. Those shepherds probably got lonely and often felt like they were forgotten, felt, for, felt like they were nothing. But in the midst of their everyday task, God sent a company of angels to tell them the greatest news mankind has ever heard. You see, I do believe that God is the great tactician. And I do believe that this was an invasion I think that Jesus the Christ, as a baby being born from heaven, sent from heaven to earth, was an invasion. His job was ultimately to take on the sins of the world and be sacrificed for you and me. And Jesus had enemies, even at the at the the rumor of his birth. You had King Herod. Have all of the boys. Of that region. executed. Think about that. The news that a king was going to be born. Led to. A man to have. To, to slaughter. Innocence. To protect his power. God sees you. God has not forgotten us. It may seem like that. It may seem like heaven is silent, but God has not ignored us. And this is the day where we should remember that we should rejoice. We should know that God sees us through our tears. We should know that God will reward our faithfulness. We should know that our God is a God of suddenness. He'll just show up. You may feel like you're in darkness. You may feel like all you have out there is the moon, the light, faint light of the moon and the stars. But no, you have more. And the lesson I do believe today is that God has an army of angels. God has a a infinite supply of divinity, divine support. He doesn't change. He's still a God of suddenness. And when you have need of him, he will be more than happy to show up, to to supply. The reason why I believe the Lord came 2,000 years ago as opposed to today is because that was the perfect strategy in which for a lesson to be taught. And that lesson is the the word of Christ is not meant for media. It's meant for the, for the human heart. It's meant for the human heart. Oh, it can break through media. It can shine through. And it's shown through 50 years ago on a little show called Charlie brown's christmas and charlie brown was the director of a play and it was supposed to be about the meaning of christians christmas and charles schultz wanted this cartoon to be about what christmas was all about and there was an iconic moment where linus dropped his security blanket and said this
3: i guess you were right linus i shouldn't have picked this little tree everything i do turns into a disaster i guess i really don't know what christmas is all about Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about?
4: Sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy That's
1: what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Amazing. Joy to the world, our Lord has come. Amazing. That cartoon, uh, George Schultz, I believe, the creator. I think Coke was Coca Cola was the original sponsor, and they had to go through hell and high water to get that on the air. The suits at the time didn't believe that scripture should be shared on network television. That was one of those breakthroughs. That was one of those surprising moments and it still still is power-packed. Why? Because it's scripture. And it announced the the arrival of the king. Now, we got to deal with the media. The rest of the media, which has changed so radically since Charlie Brown's Christmas. My name is James T. Harris. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
2: You know, there's a saying in business, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. And now the rapid pace of business, it's hard to keep up with those numbers. Can you afford to expand? Can you make that new hire? Can you launch a new ad campaign? How's revenue pacing uh, compared to last year? Now, most companies don't have a clear picture of their finances, so they make business decisions without that critical information based on their gut or worse, their fear. And that's why many businesses fail. Serious entrepreneurs and finance teams run on NetSuite by Oracle. This is the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite offers a full picture of all of your finances, all in one place, in real time, right from your phone or your desktop. So you don't have to guess anymore. And that's why NetSuite customers grow three times faster than the S&P 500, and you can too. Schedule your free demo right now and receive their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com bag Set up your free demo and get your free guide today. netsuite.com bag
1: james t harris sitting in for glenn beck this is the glenn beck program charlie brown christmas it aired on national primetime television uh over 50 years ago and uh, we're talking about something that was simple something that was straightforward if you're a fan of peanuts you grew up with that that was my christmas lineup. I watched The Grinch that stole Christmas, right? We had Frosty the Snowman. And then we would have a Charlie Brown Christmas. And even as a child, we know, you know, with all the Santa Claus, we for Santa Claus we can't wait for Santa Claus to come and the presents and all that kind of stuff. Charlie Brown Christmas cut right through it. It had the little shabby Christmas tree. Remember that? That's what that's what Charlie Brown got ridiculed for. Charlie Brown, you can't even do Christmas right. You can't even buy a beautiful Christmas tree. What 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 is this? Everybody's laughing at him. That was led him into uh, what is Christmas. Can tell me, tell, can someone please tell me what Christmas is all about? And that's when Linus dropped the security blanket and talked about fear not, fear not. I think this is something that uh, uh should be a message for us today. Fear not. If you look around the landscape, there's a lot of stuff that we can be fearful about. I did not turn on the television set uh this this uh uh this week. As a matter of fact, the last television program that I watched was the Green Bay Packers handling their business. That was exciting. Then I turned the TV set off. And it was just my family. We were hanging out. Now, yeah, we did have our cell phones. We did have our social media. But even that was cut down to a minimum. It's one of these times where yeah, I'm in the business and I'm always up on these things. And I'm always show prepping. Life is show prepped. I, I just wanted to kind of shut things down. Plus, I want to have time to prepare for sitting in for Glenn back. I didn't rejoin media until this morning. I turned on and started doing prep, and I was like, "Whoa, holy cow! Look at this war that is being conducted against Christianity. Look at how our Savior is being ridiculed. Look at what the media, what 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 the um, I'll just be blunt. Look at what the left in the media is perfectly willing to exploit, talk about." There's a new Rasmussen poll showing strong majorities favor saying Merry Christmas. What you got you gotta poll that? We poll everything. Hey, let's take a poll. How many of you out there are comfortable saying Merry Christmas? Well, you know what? We haven't been in the past. Why? Because I mean Christmas has been beat that beat to hell, quite frankly. There's a strong Merry Christmas! And Polls show that uh, celebrating Christmas in public schools and religious displays in public areas is is fine. Well, gosh, glad to know that. But you see, we've let the media set the standard, haven't we? We've let the media bully us into not saying Merry Christmas because we may offend someone. Christmas is uh, offensive. I think we had a Justice Gorsuch the other day was on Fox News and he said, Merry Christmas. And we had the left come out and say that, you know, that's cold. That's that's cold for white supremacy. I'm not kidding. Merry Christmas is now cold. (laughs) And then when you turn to Hollywood. Hollywood sees, you know, Merry Christmas. Hollywood sees a Christianity. As oppression. And so they do what they do best, and they do it on their vehicle. They do it on the vehicle that they know is going to resonate across the country. They go to entertainment television. I'm not a fan of television. I think television is an amazing, amazing invention. I think that it's been taken over. I think that that it's been subverted. I think that some of the things on it are downright evil. On Fox's Family Guy, you got a shopping mall Santa with a high school girl on his lap and he brings her to sexual pleasure. See, I'm even hesitating saying these things on the Glenn Beck show. My goodness. After she uh, uh, searches at at the local mall until she finds her Her creepy claws is. Santa Claus instructs her that he has a she has now a new sexual discovery. And then he tells her, I know what each and every person needs for Christmas. So we just sexualize Christmas. On Comedy Central South Park, which is a racy show. I mean, they they purposefully take on all comers. But this year they had Santa Claus uh, wreaking havoc on a town by batting alcohol to stop drunk driving accidents. Okay. And then he bans marijuana that's been laced with cocaine, which leads to more accidents. <laughs> and so you got the, you got Jolly St. Nick <laughs> talking about cocaine lace pot selling pure coke. Which leads to Santa Claus sneaking into all the homes at night to steal all of the drugs. Finally, a drug dealer convinces Santa to try some Coke. And Santa Claus marveled at how clean. (laughs) How clean it was. And then Jesus appears and then Santa offers him some cocaine. It's a good high. Jesus agrees. And he performs a Christmas miracle making the cocaine fall like snow all over the town so everyone could enjoy the addictive drugs. Yeah. Oh, and then there's Netflix. They have a new uh, Christmas twist out, the first temptation of Christ uh, about a homosexual Jesus going home for the holidays and introducing the rest of the holy family to his flamboyant new boyfriend. That's not enough. They even have uh, the Virgin Mary smoking a joint and they have one of the wise men hiring a prostitute and they have Jesus getting high off of special tea this is what hollywood is offering up for for christmas this is the twist that they put on one of the greatest stories ever told then we have the politicians We'll talk about how they have subverted Christmas as well. My name is James T. Harris. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: You're listening to Glenn Beck.
2: If you're looking to fully protect your home with award-winning 24-7 home security, now is the time to do it. Time is running out on SimpliSafe's biggest sale of the year. Simply Safe has everything that you need to protect your home and your family. There's smart lock, video doorbell pro, it defends your front door. But it's an army of sensors and cameras that guard every window, door, and room in your home. And if there is ever a break-in, Simply Safe is the only one that's able to give real-time video confirmation to police as it happens, so they respond Three and a half times faster on average. It's no surprise that Simply Safe has won CNet and PC Magazine's Editor Choice Awards. With families traveling during the holiday season and leaving your home empty with the expensive gifts behind, Simply Safe's holiday sale couldn't come at a better time. 25% off plus a free HD security camera. But it ends December 31st. So go to simplysafeback.com now. Remember, this sale ends December 31st. simplysafeback.com.
1: James C. Harris, sitting in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, it's become almost as common as Christmas trees and Christmas lights this time of year. And that's liberals lying about Christmas. Lying about Christmas as a way to advance this or that progressive cause. And I first noticed this as a child. Grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Went to one of the larger Baptist churches there. And uh, we would have politicians come through uh, all times of the year, especially, though, in election season. I remember Jesse Jackson coming through town, and I remember Jesse Jackson talking about G- uh, 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 Mary, Mary being a single mother. See, Mary single sing- single mother. I guess that was a big political issue back then. Whatever the big political issue is, that's what the left gloms on. Uh, in the 1990s or 80s and 90s, it was homelessness. See, Joseph and Mary were homeless. <laughs> <laughs> and Mary was a single mom. And this is not, I'm not get a knock against single moms. God bless you. I think, uh, well, let me not go down that road. God bless you. But the left was using that to advance some type of narrative. Have you noticed that we had uh, uh, Jesus, you know, the, and the uh, the Jesus family, Joseph and Mary, they were immigrants. And thank God, Egypt didn't have Trump's wall. We, we, we get this every single year. They take the Christmas story and they twist it. They take some line of scripture and they twist it. Why? In the past, you had uh, Representative Luis Gutierrez. And he worked uh, his opposition and uh, President Trump into, uh, you know, in the wall, into the Jesus story. We have been dealing with this for years. And I, I, I listened to this as a, as a believer. I watched this. And I can kind of give some of the politicians, I guess, a little bit of a um, benefit of the doubt. Because they may not be using or, or study the Bible. May, they not, may not be believers. But then when you get the reverence doing it, I, I, I question, are they reading the same Bible that I read? And because of the power of the media, these lies are just spread all over the land. Uh, Jesse Jackson back in the day, he said, uh, we hear a lot about uh, talk about family values, even as we spurn the homeless on the street. Remember, Jesus was born to a homeless couple outdoors in a stable in winter. <laughs> he was a child of a single mother. And when Mary and Joseph was not the father, uh, she was abused. When Mary said that Joseph was not the father, she was abused. And there's no evidence of, of this at all in the Bible, just so you know. Jesse Jackson if she had aborted the baby she would have been called immoral if she had the baby she would have been called unfit without family values but Mary had family values it was Herod the Dan Quayle of his day who put no value on the family see the Dan Quayle Herod the the slaughter of innocence that's Dan Quayle According to the left. what I'm saying to you is not is not uh, uh, anything that you don't know. We hear it all the time. We hear it uh, on the news. We hear it on MSNBC. We hear it on CNN. We have politicians today, pundits today who are still taking their digs uh, at the at the right, taking their digs at conservatives, taking their digs at Trump using scripture, using Jesus.
5: These are the people that work for him, and as far as his wall is concerned, you know, we just celebrated the birth of Jesus, who was part of an immigrant family seeking mm-hmm. political asylum in another country mm-hmm. from King Herod's we violence. We heard
3: a lot from evangelicals
5: right. on this. And, and, but see, if but we should, because if they were true to themselves, if Jesus were today, or Trump was back then, he would have been separated from his parents. Joseph and Mary would have been put in a separate detention center. He would have been put in a separate detention center and he might likely have have died in custody like another child did over the holidays.
1: Come on, man. This is a, it's amazing. You see, if uh, uh, Jesus was going under the Trump regime, uh, they would be arrested and they would put the children in cages. So, yeah, um, excuse me, sir. That's what happened under Obama. Uh, those pictures that you were floating around, that was under the Obama administration. I know. Being from Arizona, I was there, as was Glenn Beck on the front lines. Hey, we can, we can expose the light all we want, but just look, look how easy it is for the liberals to lie about Jesus to to advance their progressive notions in this case Trump and the wall and illegal immigrations. They're... Joseph and Mary were not uh, applying for asylum. They were not illegal. Uh, there was a highway uh, between uh, Jerusalem and Egypt and it was traveled all the time and people went back and forth often. But. We don't get that when we get the left that take scripture, they're usually usually twisting it. And I, I have to be careful because I have good friends who are liberal. One of my best Bible teacher friends is 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 well, he's, a, he's a left. He, he's a liberal. We decide just not to talk politics. Let's just talk Jesus. And you know what? I think that truly is the answer here all the way around. If we're going to talk about Jesus, let's talk about it in the context of the scripture. Let's not twist it into our own fantasy. And you have to know. You have to know that that people who believe, people who have some knowledge of scripture, when they watch this going on, they're appalled. When we watch Nancy Pelosi Say that she's a good Catholic and she's praying for the president of the United States. She prays for him every day. And then she'd be the first one to jack up a meeting, then run out to the podium and berate the president. When we see Nancy Pelosi talk about all the children and, you know, these immigrants, these illegal immigrants, you know, are points of light. And they are what makes America great. They're the best of us. When we see that and then we see her position on abortion, we got to say, oh, come on, man. Come, really? They take what's righteous, they take what's sacred, and then they, they politicize it. They weaponize it. And you could say, I guess, if you, if you were on a liberal talk show, you could accuse you know, conservatives and Republicans of doing the same thing, but I think you'd have a hard time proving it. You would. Something really strange is happening in this uh, era of Trump. Something really strange is happening because the media, the same media that tries to destroy Christianity, the same media that mocks our Lord and Savior, the King, Well, they mock anybody who who uh, has the the king's name in their mouth. They mock any policies on morality. They do. And I don't think it's a coincidence that we're seeing uh, uh, the latest. uh, mm, mm, mm. Be careful, James. I don't think that it's a coincidence that we even see Christian institutions now attacking the president of the United States. And they're attacking him on what they consider to be uh, his immorality. Past immorality. Not present. We're living in very, very strange times. We're going to talk about the whole impeachment fiasco today today. Uh, on, on the Glenn Beck program but what I want to talk about next here is uh, Christianity Today a magazine that I used to love reading when I was growing up and their attack on President Trump they're calling for Christians to, to not support this president they want to see this president impeached my name is James T. Harris this is the Glenn Beck program
0: You're listening to Glenn Beck.
2: 11 student groups, including the Harvard College Democrats, signed a petition accusing their school paper of showing cultural insensitivity for contacting ICE for a comment after a protest against the agency on campus. That's it. They just reached out for a comment. Thankfully, there is something we can do about the madness and the destruction of our civilization by these woke activists. It's as simple as the service you use every day. Switch your mobile carrier to Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is the only cellular service that donates a portion of your monthly bill to organizations fighting against things like this. Right now, Patriot Mobile is bringing back their buy one line, get one line free for six months if you make the switch. It's really easy. You keep your number, you keep your phone, or buy a new one. Get reliable 4G LTE nationwide service for as low as 25 bucks a month while helping to preserve the country we all love. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash back or use their U.S.-based team at 877-367-7524. PatriotMobile.com slash back. 877-367-7524
1: my name is James C. Harris sit again for Glenn Beck this is the Glenn Beck program fear not for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be all for all the people man this is what we're celebrating uh, Christmas, the birth of the king. We know him as Jesus the Christ. The angels said, fear not. And we are living in a time where you know what? Mm, there's a lot to, to be afraid of. And yet we're, we're told fear not. Now the angels told the shepherds that because they were watching the sheep in the middle of the night. And all of a sudden an angelic being shows up. You know there's going to be some freak out. You know that. Whoa. <laughs> but we can still take comfort because we serve a mighty God and he is on his throne. And do you think God has any concern over like who leads nations? Do you think he has any say so in that? Mm. How many of you back in November of twenty sixteen were praying to Jesus? Lord, please Jesus. Let Trump become president of the United States and not Hillary. Raise your hands unless you're driving. Okay. got one in the studio has his hand up. We are praying, seriously, <laughs> because we had known enough. We knew enough about the Clintons and how they operated. We knew enough about them. We knew enough about the corruption. We knew enough about the, pay, the uh, pay-to-play, the Clinton Foundation, the Haiti Fund. Come on. Come on. I can sit back here and just rattle off stuff. We can go all the way back to Whitewater if you want to we knew that this was just going to be more of the same and that we knew America was going in the wrong direction, so we prayed. And even though many of us had our questions about President Trump, we pulled that lever for Trump. We pushed the button for Trump. Many of us thought that, that Trump was just like a, 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 a New York liberal. A lot of folks knew him from television and liked him from television. I, I, I did I, I never watched the show. I punched that button, though. I did it with great joy. Because, quite frankly, I feared. <laughs> I, I feared Hillary Clinton. I feared that whole apparatus. And we didn't even know back then what we know now. So much has come to light because of the election of Donald J. Trump. So much of the deep state and the corruption in the FBI and the corruption in the DOJ has come to light. The corruption in the IRS, the corruption in our intelligence community has come to light because of the election of Donald J. Trump. So it's crazy to me that we would have the editor of Christianity Today write an editorial saying that Trump should be removed from office. And why? Well, because he lacks moral character. Now, yeah. we have uh, uh, the, the the editor, one of the most religious and conservative uh, uh, Christian magazines, supposedly. Saying that everything that the president has done in his past or done presently is dwarfed by the fact that he lacks character. No matter how good this president is, no matter what good he's done, it's less important than his character flaws. Seriously? Seriously? So you want to dismisses president in the light of uh, the positive impact his policy has had on millions of people. You want to say that he's not a man of good character because of things in the past but the policies that he's put forth that have improved the lives of millions well that, that has to be summarily dismissed because we're Christians and we We value morality. It's amazing. We could talk about how the president's policies have liberated millions of Americans of African descent, helped them to find work resulting in the lowest black unemployment rate ever recorded. Is that a moral issue? Tell me is the fact that we have conservative judges that are being put on the court is that a moral issue how about the fact that the president moved the american embassy to israel's capital city jerusalem he did what other presidents only promised to do is that is that a moral issue i'm here to say that the uh, the editor over there at christianity today um, is full of hubris and pride and that needs to be checked I think uh, that President Trump has been a blessing on this nation. I think that, you know what, he's a man of a, uh, yeah, he's had some character flaws, he's had some issues, but they're out there in the open and everybody knows about them. We're more concerned about what he is doing for the nation. My name is James T. Harris, sitting in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: You're listening to Glenn Beck. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck program.
1: One ninja, two ninjas, three ninjas. That's what the little white kid said as three black men were getting out of a car. Only he wasn't saying ninja. He was using the N word. I wonder what would happen if CNN or MSNBC got a hold of that. How would the network news handle that? One ninja. Two ninja. Three ninjas. He was surprised. How how did three ninjas get in such a, a little car? Well, (laughs) I tell you what, this took place in the late 1960s, and it was very controversial. And the reason why I know that is because one of the ninjas in the car was my father. My name is James C. Harris. Sit again for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
2: So many of us are shopping online this holiday season because finding the perfect gift from your computer, tablet, smartphone, it's a breeze. Just a few taps and you're done. But all of that online shopping, it could expose you and your personal information and leave you potentially vulnerable to identity theft. And you're going to miss certain identity threats by just monitoring your credit, like someone selling your information on the dark web or taking an online payday loan in your name. That's why there's LifeLock. They'll monitor your personal information, and if you have a problem with identity theft, they work to fix it. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock offers something that is perfect for the holidays and beyond. Not having to worry if your identity has been stolen. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Go to lifelock.com, use the promo code back. That's promo code back at lifelock.com, promo code back at lifelock.com, and save 25% right now.
1: My name is James C. Harris, sitting in for. Glenn Beck. I'm a radio talk show host uh, out of Phoenix, Arizona. The name of my show is The Conservative Circus and I am the ringmaster. The big top is News Talk 550 KFYI. You can check me out on Twitter. Just follow me at James T. Harris also. uh, James T. Harris Media on Facebook page. And yes, I do. I try to respond to folks. Folks are already contacting us uh, through email and all that stuff. And I really, really appreciate it. That story I just told you. I first heard it when I was working with my father's friends. My father was from Mississippi and his best friends in Milwaukee were all from Mississippi, even though they didn't know each other in Mississippi. They come to know each other in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They were part of that second migration of Americans of African descent going from the south to the north because of jobs. Uh, That three letter word, as Joe Biden said, jobs. (laughs) Anyway. My father and his friends loved to go fishing. And so uh, they did everything as a community. They, they uh you know, uh, grew vegetables. They would always share it. They would come in, with, uh, Zach would come in to the house with a big burlap, burlap bag of peas and we would have to like shell them, shuck them. I hated that stuff. But yeah, they would always do that. They would go fishing and they would like split up the mess of fish. That's what they did. This time they were like about an hour, 45 minutes north of the big city. And a small town, and they were good fishing there, and they were getting out their stuff to go fishing when they're a little kid on the side of the road, one ninja, two ninjas. Well, my father and his friend heard this and they were kind of stunned by it. The, the third friend, he got angry and he went after the little kid. And my dad and his friend grabbed him and held on to him, like, what are you doing? It's a child. What do you what do you think they're going to do? He said, I'm gonna you know teach them a lesson. No, you no you're not. This is you know, remember, this is the 1960s. This is Wisconsin, they're out of the big city, uh the town that they're in is there's no there's no people of color there. And it's the 60s. Then my father said something that I never ever forgot. And I first heard the story as a teenager. He said to his friend, look, that kid doesn't know he's doing anything wrong. He doesn't even look scared. He just sees uh, three ninjas getting out of a car. He only knows what he's been taught. He was taught this, and my father's friend responded, "Okay, but then let's go kick his dad's assets." <laughs> and then they all laughed about it, and they went fishing. I'm hearing about this story like 20 years down the road. This took place before I was born. But what my father said, this was, he was taught. That child didn't grow up thinking these things. We could even say that, you know, as far as television, which I loathe, he didn't learn that from television. This is something that was passed on by the families. And the real shame is this is something that is still passed on by the families, but not to the same degree. If you were to ask me, is America racist? uh Oh, I'm about to say something very controversial. I'm going to upset a lot of people. My answer would be, it depends. Racism does exist. Primarily on CNN, MSNBC, and the Democrat Party. That's where you'll find it. If I'm not looking at television, I don't know about all of this racial so-called angst. If I'm not looking at television, I don't know about all of this anti-homophobic whatever. When I look at television, that's when I see it. And then I'm like, oh my goodness. America, we, we never got over racism. When I see the Reverend Al Sharpton running to some new atrocity. It exists on television and it exists in the minds and the hearts of the people who still want to foment it. Our culture is not like it was in the 1960s, the 1950s, the 1940s. Oprah Winfrey is a very rich woman and she's an American of African descent. And even though we have athletes who are disgruntled and want to take the knee because of the oppression in our country, they're millionaires for the love of God. Where else can you find that? They have the means to fight this oppression, but when they go to look for it, guess what? It's not there. Can we find an individual who is a bigot? Oh, of course we can. But now we've made up new terms like uh, uh, systemic racism, institutional racism. Why? Because it's not up in your face anymore. Because you can pretty much go anywhere you want to. Because you have full participation in this culture, in the society, if you want to. The problem is a lot of people do not want to. The problem is people are afraid. They're afraid to embrace the opportunity because they may have to leave behind the very familiar angst. It's a cup of sorrows. A cup of sorrows that tastes real good. And so we, we feed it to each other and we feed it to our children. If that kid were to say something like that today, that same incident would happen. Oh, my gosh. I can't even, I can't even begin to think. You know what? We don't have to imagine too much. Look at what happened to that kid that was wearing the, uh, the Make America Great Again hat, the, the little Catholic kid up there in Washington, D.C., When the Native American got all up in his face, look, look at what happened. Look at how he was treated. Look at how he was destroyed by the media and he didn't do anything wrong. It's almost like it's it's not the content of your character. Today. It's the color of your baseball cap. Look how hatred now is being defined. It's not based on skin color unless you are an American of European descent. If that is the case, politically, it is open season on you. And and who's bringing the fire? MSNBC, CNN, and the Democrat Party. Now. Yeah, it's actually white folks who who should be out there saying, "We shall overcome." But you know what? They're not wearing it. They're not wearing it. They're not victims. We are not victims, even though the media is trying to bully you into it. I got a great example for that. We're gonna have that for you coming up next here. We, but 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 let me leave you with this: Fear not. Fear not. Because we are in the season where we have all the power that, that we need. We just need to embrace it and speak truth to the ignorance. My name is James T. Harris. Sit again for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
2: If you experience pain on a daily basis, I know exactly how you feel. It can be debilitating. It can control your life. The aches are easy to understand. When it really hurts to do the basic chores, emotionally, the effects of pain can be just as dramatic. I have spoken to so many people in this audience that have started to take relief factor. The change emotionally is as dramatic as the physical relief, maybe even more. As you might know, Tanya and I started taking relief factor several months ago. After about 10 days, subtle changes started to become significant and I've been able to stop taking all prescription pain medications all pain medications entirely and stop the terrible side effects of those awful drugs. Many on my team here at the Blaze are faithful takers of the 100% drug free relief factor and we have had great success in taking our lives back. Try it get a 3 week quick start package for only $19.95. Take it as directed. That's less than a dollar per day and if it works on you like it has with me, you're going to get your life back ReliefFactor.com
1: My name is James T. Harris. Sitting in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck program. We're having a conversation about identity politics. Identity politics is something that the Democrats have absolutely traded in, but I think it now is coming back to bite them in the assets. Uh, it used to be you know if you're a person of color, a black American they called African American and then it was the Hispanic American and then it was part of the alphabet people, the LGBT uh, community and then and then we sexual preference gender identity, uh, uh cross dresser story time all of these things are supposed to be oh the they're a special group and they have special needs and they have special recommendations. And they try to put them all together, corral them into one strong political group. It's not working. They try to have them under the umbrella of Marxist socialism. It's really not working. And yet they don't have another card to play. All you need to do is look at how the media and how uh, the Democrat Party, how the pundits, how Hollywood has treated President Trump. He's not a. He's not a, a moral virtue beacon of virtue here no no one claimed that he is but look at how they're trying to destroy him look at how they're going after him look at what they're saying about him the race card that's being played my goodness president trump being a, a Hollywood figure, being a TV, being a TV star, he's hung out with all kinds of people. You got pictures with, with President Trump and Snoop Dogg, for God's sake. Snoop Doggy Dogg. But the moment he put that R behind his name and ran for, for presidency, he's reviled. You used to have rappers sing songs about how they want to be like Trump. He's racist now. And they'll drum up like hoaxes like Charlottesville, i'm not i'm not diminishing the fact that someone was killed in that conflict but the way the media has spun it is just a lie oh there's good people on both sides it's a lie and anybody can go back and look at the transcripts whether we're talking about impeachment a whistleblower why do you need a whistleblower he released the transcripts it's based on lies and the only identity, really, right now, uh, that uh, uh, that the, that the left is putting all of their energy into, is just being a, a liberal, a leftist, to be a part of the resi- resistance, opposed to this president and his policies. That's why we're seeing all of this craziness when it comes down to the to impeachment and all other kind of stuff. And I'm gonna talk about that a little bit, but not too much. Why? Because American people are tired of it. I got the news for you too. The American people are tired. Of identity politics, they're tired of being attacked over something they have absolutely nothing to do with. You know what? Right after the president was elected, you had Van Jones on CNN. I'll never forget it. That's because I I looked at MSNBC and and, and CNN uh, election night after the. the <laughs> After President Trump became the 45th President of the United States, I watched the meltdown in Schadenfreude. I, I know. I was getting, I was gleeful. I know that's not right. That's not right. I have not repented of that yet. I still go back and I look at election night. <laughs> because it's so good. But, but in that we get a glimpse at, uh, uh, what the left is really concerned about what where they have all of their, you know, their energy. And Van Jones gave us a snapshot. Yeah, this was the first real outburst of Trump derangement syndrome. Van Jones said uh, that Trump's win was a white lash against the first black president. <laughs> a white lash. Well, you know, Americans of African descent only make up 14 percent of the population, which means in order for Barack Obama to be elected, white folks had to vote for him. Okay, so it was nonsensical. It was an emotional moment. It was an emotional uh, outburst, but it was very, very instructive of what the left was headed towards in this nation. And now we've gone from the media attacking President Trump proper to attacking you and me, Trump supporters. Now, just so you know, I've been lumped in with most of you. I am no longer American of African descent. No, I am. As a matter of fact, I, uh, in my great state of uh, Arizona, I was dubbed by the left a, a black-white supremacist early on. I think I may have been one of the first black white supremacists why because i support the president but how does that make me a white supremacist that's black <laughs> well it, it does, what do you mean it doesn't have to make sense it's emotional it's about the resistance but it is real and if you watch these television shows you'll see that they are now they're now Attacking you. It's a wonderful progression. Got an example of this. I believe this was on MSNBC. Uh, they're going to roundtable. This is on the uh, 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 Joy Reid show. And, and they're just talking to these pundits. And what's crazy, well, actually, I'll let you hear it first. Here we go.
2: Every news cycle in D.C. starts with a simple premise What are Republicans angry about? Like 30 years, every day, that's what it starts. And so if they're angry about impeachment, then that's a big deal. Then they're on the offensive. Democrats are always on their heels. Republicans worship, uh, the press worships. Republican hardball, mm-hmm. and they always see Dems as being outmaneuvered.
3: The demographics of the media, that that the relatability of Republicans, that they, they seem more relatable, or they right. seem like middle America, and so the media gravitates toward the Republican base. First of all, it's dangerous to even present this right. through the lens of uh, politics, right? right? This is not Republicans versus Democrats. This is truth versus lies. This is patriotism versus traitors.
2: This obsession with how did Trump, you know, interviewing uh, people at Trump rallies ask out they thought about impeachment. Uh, This obsession, and it goes back to the day after he was inaugurated, this obsession with interviewing white Midwestern Trump voters and asking them what they think about Trump, it is a dangerous, it is a racist message, because the message is, white Republicans are who matter in this country.
1: That's crazy. They're now pointing their, uh, their media guns at you. You are the problem. And white conservatism is the problem. Notice how they have to, you know, put that, uh, uh, racialize it. White conservatism, not conservatism. You see, because if you're a conservative, I'm a conservative. We share ideas, but the left can't get over their identity politics in order for them to make something bad. They say it's white. You remember the whole Trayvon Martin case? Remember Zimmerman who happened to be Hispanic? No, he was a white Hispanic. Now it's white conservatism. Now it's the white Republican Party. White is the bad here. And what's really crazy is a white person saying this about white people. What would happen if it's reverse? If black liberalism, boy I gotta say, I'm real black liberalism is the bane of this society. Well I become, I become if black liberals will just stay home, then uh white conservatives gonna, <laughs> We don't talk like this. The left talks like this, and that is why we have the racial angst. Once again, if you're not looking at the television, none of this stuff really exists, now does it? My name is James T. Harris, sitting in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: You're listening to Glenn Beck.
2: You know, there's a saying in business, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. And now the rapid pace of business, it's hard to keep up with those numbers. Can you afford to expand? Can you make that new hire? Can you launch a new ad campaign? How's revenue pacing uh, compared to last year? Now, most companies don't have a clear picture of their finances, so they make business decisions without that critical information based on their gut or worse, their fear. And that's why many businesses fail. Serious entrepreneurs and finance teams run on NetSuite by Oracle. This is the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite offers a full picture of all of your finances all in one place in real time, right from your phone or your desktop. So you don't have to guess anymore. And that's why NetSuite customers grow three times faster than the S&P 500, and you can too. Schedule your free demo right now and receive their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com bag. Set up your free demo and get your free guide today. netsuite.com slash
1: My name is James T. Harris, filling in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck program. I've been hearing from some folks on on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, they're agreeing with me. I, I think that if you want to uh, see just how not racist America is, cut off the television set. That's that's the key. That's the first step. You can follow me on Twitter at James T. Harris, and of course, Facebook is James T. Harris Media. Um, I, I, I really believe when I sit down and I watch these shows that I have to do this for a living. I have to kind of be informed on what's going on. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't spend much time with them. And I don't go to the late night shows at all. It used to be about comedy. It's not anymore. The Jimmy Kimmels, they're all, this is how you know everything is politicized. And this is how you understand the power of the dark side. The power of media. When I get into political discussions with people, I can tell you where they got their information from. I can tell you what network they were listening to. It's it's to the point where I can read the stitches on the sat- on, on the soft on a fastball actually. This is what I do. I play softball and fastball. You know well I used to. Anyway <laughs> it's it's rote. It's Rehearsed its talking points and you heard them on a talk show, especially conservative talk shows. You can, you can hear, we'll, we'll loop them for you. We'll play you a montage of all of these media people saying the same thing. Now I've been accused of that. I'm sure conservative talk show hosts have been uh, accused of that, but we don't get talking points. Believe me, I think it's because we have similar ideals. I just heard from someone uh, on my Facebook page saying, you know what? I've been saying the same thing for years. Cut off the television set and then then show me where the racism is. We are a blessed nation. We have come such a long way. We are a blessed nation. And we have come such a long way. How come that is never recognized? If you want to weigh in on this conversation, just call 888-727-B-E-C-K. 888-727-B-E-C-K. I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. My parents are from Mississippi. We would make the trip down uh, maybe once or twice a year. Uh, we started uh, driving down in the 1960s. I remember my dad's rambler. I remember his uh, deuce and a quarter. We would have to roll down the windows. Yes. There were no such things as seatbelts. You just rolled around with the turns, t- twists and turns. <laughs> there was no such thing really as interstate highways when we were first starting out. And then this, this whole tradition developed out of this. We call it the Harris tradition. The vacation does not start until you get there. Vacation starts when you get there. And I carried that tradition on, you know, into my married life. Grew up and married a beautiful woman. Three three perfect little children. And uh when the first one was born, I wanted to take them to Mississippi, to the ancestral lands to meet the peoples. So we jumped in the car, the minivan, excuse me. Now we got bucket seats, we even have TV sets to entertain the children. When I was growing up, you had to have your imagination. Now they got TV sets and yeah. You know, built right into the back of the headrest. We're driving down to Mississippi. My wife got tired. She said, hey, let's stop at a hotel. I'm like, well, why? Because I'm tired. We can, you know, let the kids swim and get some food. I'm like, no, no. The vacation does not start till you get there. It's Harris tradition. And my mom happened to be driving down with us. Like, tell her, mom, tell her about the Harris tradition. But my mom said next blew my mind. She said, well, son, we did it like that because we had to. It was the 1960s. It the South. We couldn't stay in hotels. So what happened once we stopped at a store and the store clerk followed you and your sister around, afraid you were going to steal something. And I was so upset by that. We decided not, never to expose you to that again. So I would pack a big lunch and we would just pack food and put it in a cooler and we put it in the back of the car and we drive to Mississippi. And then vacation started when we got there because we couldn't really stop any places. Remember the time we stopped for a burger? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it was the magic trick. See, dad would play a magic trick. Close your eyes and then, okay, open your eyes again. He'd be right back with the food. How'd he do that? It's magic. No, actually, my mom had us close our eyes so we didn't have to see my dad walk to the back of the restaurant to order the food and then come back. See, my parents created this Harris tradition to shield my sister and I from overt racism in the South. My mom went on to tell me more stories that blew my mind. Like uh, she didn't had never really spoke to any white person when she was growing up in Mississippi or maybe a store clerk or somebody putting gas in the car. Otherwise, she had knew, knew no one, no one who was an American of European descent. So all those years of me going to Mississippi with my parents, my sister, and I, we never interacted with Americas of European descent. I'm driving down the highway and the scales are falling off of my eyes. And I'm also realizing because of my parents trying to protect me from all this stuff, there were some things that I just did not see or understand about the South that not necessarily bad. I just was never exposed to it. So my wife says, I'm tired. Let's stop at a hotel now. What am I going to do? Am I going to play into the Harris tradition? Am I going to continue out of fear and unfounded fear? Really? A fear of the unknown because <laughs> we, this is the way we always done it, even though it was built out of trying to protect us. From something that was very harmful. My parents didn't want us to grow up with a chip on our shoulder. My parents didn't want us to grow up angry. But my parents' people are in the South. So how do they protect their kids from this? Well, I decided to pour out my cup of sorrows. And I stopped at a hotel. And we had a great time. And the kid went swimming. And we ate. And we enjoyed ourselves. And we jumped in the car the next day and finished the trip down to Mississippi. Yeah. I didn't have to do that, though, that I could have just held on to that Harris tradition that was based out of something that was dark. Oh, this country is amazing and we have come such a long way and I refuse to hold on to that old myth that this is a racist country. I'm pouring that out, poured it out years ago. And some folks are not happy that I've done that. Some folks are not happy that that's my view. Some people say, that's just you, but I, okay. You could choose to hang on to that if you want. It's not like we have not, or I haven't run into things. It's just that my saying is, it's only racist if you want it to be. Oh my goodness. That is so liberating. And then the one time when it is racist, believe me, you'll know it. Hatred can't be masked. That kind of hatred is just so vile. You're going to feel it. You're going to know it. And I guarantee you, you're not going to go out and start protesting and marching and singing. We shall overcome. You're going to confront the ism head on because it's so shocking to you. Did you just. It's wow. Our country has its warts we've had our problems but my goodness you still have people flocking here trying to steal their way into this country because it is a it is a paradise compared to other places on this planet and we've dealt with our issues and we continue to pour out that cup of sorrows and embrace the opportunity of a shared history you know, we're going to talk about... uh I, I, what? No, I don't want to talk about impeachment. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the deep state. I don't want to talk about Pfizer. But we're just going to bring you up to speed because that is our job. We can't stick our head in the Christmas hole. Christmas holly, eggnog, all that kind of stuff, and ignore how the Democrats are continuing to to plan to to overthrow, to, hmm, to, yeah, overthrow this president and his administration. We're talking about a bona fide civil war going on here, a cold civil war, not a coup. You've heard it described as a coup. No, this is a cold civil war. My name is James T. Harris, sitting in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: You're listening to Glenn Beck
2: The rec tech grill is going to change your life. And I know that is a bold, bold statement, but let me tell you how. Rectech grills have smart grill technology. So that means you're an expert griller the very first time you use it. The Rectech is a different kind of grill. It is light years ahead because great grilling is all about temperature control. Rectech grill has old school customer service. Everyone that buys a grill gets the owner's personal cell phone number. Really, honestly, you do. And access to a team of expert grillers. And the Rectech family has hundreds of thousands of followers on social media so you're going to be joining a community of grillers that love sharing their recipes and experiencing the rec tech lifestyle so make sure you check them out this makes a great family christmas present but please don't make a really expensive mistake people who want the best choose rec tech do your own homework rec tech built by grillers for grillers Rectechgrills.com. that's r-e-c-t-e-c grills.com
1: You are listening to the Glenn Bet program. My name is James C. Harris. I am sitting in getting some interesting reaction from uh, my social media and some folks calling in a uh, uh, one gentleman uh, dot said, what about America's treatment of the of the American Indians? Well, it's very good. Like I said, we have a very complicated history. And uh, we can already go back to the founding documents and see how the, the American people, the nations that were here, were were known, were treated as, were called savages. We can see what happened under uh, President Jackson. Yeah, the Trail of Tears, all of that. It's true. We can lump that in right in there with slavery. Uh, we're not still like that, though, are we? we? We're not. By the grace of God and by the shedding of blood, we've come a long way. And, uh, uh, inst- institutionally, individually, we don't look down on folks as being savages anymore. So I would say that's to my point. That's part of our ugly past, but it's part of how we're blessed as a nation to be able to move forward, to get beyond it, to even apologize for it. Oh, we have a call here. Diane. Where's Diane? Diane in Pennsylvania. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program.
3: Beautiful man. It's been ages since I heard your voice, really, because I moved to Pennsylvania. This is Liberty's run, Diane. I knew you in Tucson, remember?
1: I certainly do. A wonderful artist, ladies and gentlemen. But listen to the program and then create art based off of the melodious sounds of my my voice. And content.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of true. Kind of true. But anyway, my my point, I mean, you're making the best point I've heard in a long time that the, the racism is on TV, on the mainstream media, on the, the narrative, on, and, and people who closely follow those sources of so-called news. But when you're down, and I said this to your um, call screener, when you're down here in the street with the rest of us, we don't have that going on generally. I mean, you, there, there may be some instances here and there, you know, but they're always isolated they're always usually fueled by somebody who does listen or watch, you know, those sources and does not pay attention to, you know, who the person is in front of them. And they just kind of, you know, they got a red hat on or, you know, oh, all of a sudden, you know, you're black, but now you're a conservative. So now you're a white supremacist, you know, that kind of stuff is just insane. And none of us. Out here, even a lot of liberals, because I was at Christmas with my entire liberal family yesterday, they mm-hmm. don't say anything. But when they talk amongst themselves, they group people up.
1: You it's don't, it's I, just <laughs> unbelievable. Diane. Thank you very much for the call. It was great to hear from you. And you're ab- she's absolutely right. I was talking to another friend uh, who happens to be actually a liberal, but she was with her liberal friends. And she was amazed at how they would group these people over here and group these people over there. And they were basically, you know, she's grouping conservatives. That doesn't exist. I'm telling you, the racisms that you see on the television, all these isms—they're not out there in flyover country. It exists on MSNBC, CNN, and in the Democrat Party. Chris in Alabama, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Hi, hey
4: James, nice, uh, nice to be on. No, I was um, calling in reference because what your story about the uh, young men that didn't know better. Yes, there. young child. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I I thought that was really really spot on because growing up you, you don't, and it's our job as parents to always teach our children, um, you know, to how to you know uh, break a cycle so to speak, and uh, and I was telling the story uh, to the gentleman uh, when I called in. When I was growing up, I was about the ninth grade, and I had a friend of mine, and he was black and um went to school with him I, I man he was a great guy loved him to death and um i asked him to spend the night one night he said hey go home and ask your mom if i can spend the night wait till she uh, for her answer and don't tell her that i'm blind and then tell me what she says afterwards and i i did and i went home and um and you this was like 1980 i guess and um the, uh, so I did. I went home and did that, and I, I came back to him. He said, What did she say? I said, Well, she said yes to begin with. And then she said no. And he goes, See, I told you. And I'm like, How did you know? I was totally oblivious and ignorant to it at the time. And I was like, And he explained it to me, kind of. He was, you know, I, I was just
1: dumbfounded. I said, You know what? I will never, ever do that to my children growing up and there it is chris there it is right there you learned it you know your your parents generation is your parents generation that's the way society is but you learned something you like you know what i am not going to continue to drink from this cup of sorrows my name is james c harris sitting in for glenn beck this is the glenn beck program
0: You're listening to Glenn Beck. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn
1: Beck Program. It's the day after Christmas and all through the house, Democrats are scurrying, trying to kick Trump out. I've been on record a couple of times saying that the Democrats couldn't possibly be stupid enough to actually go through with impeachment. I mean, they know that the president would get acquitted, right? And, and the risks involved. I mean, what happens if Eric, uh what was it, the, the whistleblower? Uh, it, what, what happens if he gets caught up? What happens if Adam Schiff and, and Schiff's staff and James Comey and James Baker and, and, and John Brennan and, and Joe and Hunter Biden, what happens if they get called up to testify? There's no way that this could going to happen. And then it, it happened. He was impeached. But is he really? My name is James C. Harrison. Again, for Glenn Beck, this is the Glenn Beck Program.
2: If you're looking to fully protect your home with award-winning 24-7 home security, now is the time to do it. Time is running out on SimpliSafe's biggest sale of the year. SimpliSafe has everything that you need to protect your home and your family. There's smart lock, video doorbell pro, it defends your front door. But it's an army of sensors and cameras that guard every window, door, and room in your home. And if there is ever a break-in, Simply Safe is the only one that's able to give real-time video confirmation to police as it happens, so they respond through. Three and a half times faster on average. It's no surprise that Simply Safe has won CNAD and PC Magazine's Editor Choice Awards. With families traveling during the holiday season and leaving your home empty with the expensive gifts behind, Simply Safe's holiday sale couldn't come at a better time. 25% off plus a free HD security camera. But it ends December 31st. So go to simplysafeback.com now. Remember, this sale ends December 31st. simplysafeback.com.
1: My name is James T. Harris, sitting in for Glenn Beck. I am a radio talker out of Phoenix, Arizona, at News Talk 550 KFYI. My show is called The Conservative Circus. I am the ringmaster, and we've been talking in impeachment up the wazoo forever the question is did you get what you wanted for christmas did nancy pelosi get what she wanted for christmas you know even though this is what i do i have to tell you when it came to impeachment i was naive it was my son who was in China at the time who said, dad, yeah, um, the Democrats impeached President Trump, but, but why? Then I tried to explain to him, well, for no reason. They just don't like him. Well, what are they going to do with this? I'm like, well, now it goes over to the Senate and then they have a trial and then they call witnesses and he goes, D-, he said, dad, they're not going to send us over to the Senate. He's in China. That they're not going to send us over to the Senate. Why? Why? Because he, he's going, he'll get, you know, he won't get impeached. He's going to get acquitted. And I'm like, look, son, this is the way things are done. We have a process here. Once a president gets impeached, the articles of impeachment go over to the Senate. He's like, Dad, why would they do that? Because then it's all lost. Now it's all, there's nothing. I actually was starting to get upset with my number two. My, my Yeah, my number two. I said, all right, son, I'll look into it. <laughs> he was right. Nancy Pelosi is sitting on the articles. and pe- I, I am not going to do her Cindy's over until I get guarantees that the Senate's going to do X, Y, and Z. You mean to tell me Nancy Pelosi was looking for a quid pro quo? Wow. Well, where does it go from here? I don't know because the Democrats are busy breaking the rules. But what I do know is this. Well, anyway, I guess they're trying to pressure some senators to, you know, to cross over. And I think Mikowski over there from Alaska. I think she's talking crazy overnight. I don't know if I like the way Mitch McConnell. Shut. Shut it, lady. Stop it. So we'll see what happens with the. Uh, with the senate or what comes next or what if nancy pelosi has any leverage she doesn't but we'll have to watch this the telephone number is triple eight seven two seven b e c k let's go to is this a uh, joseph joseph in texas welcome to the glenn beck program
6: good morning mr harris how are you
1: fantastic
6: I can tell by, I've been listening to you for a couple hours. I usually, um, I haven't listened to Beck for a couple weeks because I've been traveling. But my point is this, um, I can tell you're a man of faith in some of the way you articulate yourself with some of the phrases you use. I look at it like this. We all know, us common folk, and I'm just a middle class type of guy working the oil field, etc., etc. et cetera. I mean, I, it reminds me of Psalm 1 and Psalm 2. They're trying to set a trap for Donald Trump and all us deplorables, etc., that are conservatives and believe in fiscal responsibilities, etc., they're going to fall into their own trap and fall on their own sword. It just reminds me of those that think evil is good and good is evil. They're destroying themselves. I believe that they're so confused because they don't practice civility. They're absolute hypocrites, in my opinion. I know I'm not the only one in Texas that thinks this way. I appreciate everything you guys do. I just thought that I just pray for the administration. I don't care what Donald oh, Trump did ten years no. ago or anything of that nature. So, yes, sir. go ahead, sir. We yes,
1: pray. Sir. We pray for uh, on the conservative circus. The last segment on Fridays. We pray. To Jesus on behalf of the president of the United States, his administration, his family, who have been under withering attack. And I'm like you and many others. People will try to look at morality or virtues or character and all this kind of stuff. I, I don't know about all that. All I know is this. I think that President Trump is not necessarily a man after God, but he's God's man. And he's been doing things that have been absolutely tremendous for this country. And there have been millions of people who have been lifted out of poverty because of his common sense uh, initiatives. And, And like you. Uh, I agree. I used to have Psalms one memorized, but it was a blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or take a seat in the company of mockers, but who delight, whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And they meditated on it day and night. Well, yeah. Uh, and people who do that Joseph uh, they look at all of the buffoonery and the silly, silliness and the straight out evil that's pouring out of that TV set from our so-called news media and we move closer to President Trump. Eh uh, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Thank you very much for the call. Yeah. What else are we going to do? I mean, I'm not going to be fearful because, I mean, we just celebrated the birth of, of Jesus Christ, Jesus the Christ, the king. And the angels told the, the shepherds, if fear not, I bring you great tidings of joy. So we have the wonderful opportunity to fight on behalf of our liberties, but we can count on a higher power. We don't have to pull out our guns and start shooting. Yet I'm just kidding, <laughs> just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do we have another caller? We have Joseph in Utah. Joseph, welcome to the Glenn Beck program.
4: Yes, thank you, thank you, Mr. Harris, for taking my call. I just wanted to let you know how refreshing it is to hear you and to hear your expressions, your your compassion, the the story about uh, Charlie Brown in the beginning. That really touched my heart. It really did, man. I just, uh, I want to tell you how much I appreciate you and that I love you. I love you, man. You're the greatest.
1: Joseph, thank you very much. That is a very, very kind call. That was very, you know, don't make me cry on National on National Radio. This is my second time in here, and you're getting all emotional now. <laughs> Thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. If you want to weigh in on the Glenn Beck program, it is 888-727-B-E-C-K. And what Joseph was talking about is on the first segment we opened up, we talked about, um, we talked about the, uh, Christmas. We talked about how, how network television, you know, the media is all aligned against us. It's all aligned against Christianity. Is there a, a war? But a little over 50 years ago on the Charlie Brown special, uh, we had Charles Schultz, who was the creator of the artist, said we got to make this about something. We have to make this mean something. So they made it about Christmas and they talked about uh, Luke. They they quoted Luke, the the announcement. And it still has an impact to this day. Roger in Pennsylvania is waiting to get on the Glenn Beck program. Hey, James, how you doing? Fantastic. Hey, uh,
7: when you were talking about uh, about liberals grouping people together, it, it brought to mind a, a story that I, I experienced back in 2016 during the safety pin era. And uh, what happened was, I, yeah, you remember after um, – Trump was elected, all these uh, liberal people were walking around with safety pins on their lapel so that people would know, so that people of color and of different faiths would know <laughs> that they were safe to be around.
1: <laughs> you know what? You I had that? forgotten about that. <laughs> this is, they were human safe spaces. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah,
7: wow. exactly. And, and, and what wound up happening was at the time, I was taking an online, online uh, master's course. And what it, what it was is one of these courses that they actually had a physical class going and you could zoom into it.
6: Mm-hmm.
7: And, uh, and so what happened was after the election, it was the first session after the election, all these white liberal uh, folks were coming in with safety pins on. Well, the, cl- the actual class was in Philadelphia. So there was a lot of um, African-Americans who were attending as well. And what wound up happening is somebody asked you know, you know, these people, what's this with the safety pens? And they explained to them that because of Trump's election, that uh, th- these were to let people of color know that they were safe people to be around. Right. And the African-Americans in the class just were totally incensed because they felt that they were being so talked down to that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we need, we need to seek out a person with a safety pin to feel safe.
1: This is how liberals uh, think of America's of African descent. This is uh, what that story right there. And thank you very much for sharing it speaks volumes about the left and how they think of uh, uh America's of African descent, a uh, people of color in general. It's, 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 indicative of a wider issue it goes even goes back to and thank you very much for the call I appreciate you uh, uh, it goes back to an experience that i had um, uh, here's another story story time <laughs> as a high school teacher uh, my students demanded that i tell them stories that's they were trying to divert me away from giving the lesson i was a high school teacher for 10 years and then i was a speaker before i got into radio but I would weave the lessons into the stories that I was telling. So that the, uh, the children, you know, would, I fooled them into learning. Uh, and to be able to get into that position, though, I had to swallow a big fat pill. And that pill was the concept that I was an affirmative action hire. Because I was the first American of African descent school teacher in that school. And the conversation that I had with the superintendent of schools who hired me was pretty amazing. And I want to share that with you up next. My name is James T. Harris sitting in for for Mr. Beck. This is the Glenn Beck program.
2: You know, there's a saying in business, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. And now, the rapid pace of business, it's hard to keep up with those numbers. Can you afford to expand? Can you make that new hire? Can you launch a new ad campaign? How's revenue pacing uh, compared to last year? Now, most companies don't have a clear picture of their finances, so they make business decisions without that critical information, based on their gut, or worse, their fear. And that's why many businesses fail. Serious entrepreneurs and finance teams run on NetSuite by Oracle. This is the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite offers a full picture of all of your finances, all in one place, in real time, right from your phone or your desktop. So you don't have to guess anymore. And that's why NetSuite customers grow three times faster than the S&P 500, and you can too. Schedule your free demo right now and receive their free guide, 7 Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com bag Set up your free demo and get your free guide today. netsuite.com bag
1: my name is james c harris sitting in for glenn beck this is the glenn beck program when i was a uh, young man i wanted to travel just loved traveling and all we would do is go back and forth to mississippi but i would use my imagination i was like speed racer in the mach 5 now we were we were driving all over the world. That's how I used my imagination. Well, we didn't have games. We didn't have the you know the TV set in the back of the headrest. I'm still bitter about that, but still. So as I grew older, I had the opportunity to to travel, and I did. I, I studied overseas. I studied in England for a year. I went across Europe, Eastern Europe. When it was still Eastern Europe, I just dated myself. I remember when the wall came down. It was a year after my my uh, one of my trips. I had the opportunity to travel through India and uh, the Middle East. By the time I got to the Middle East, I took my sons along. I was really into traveling. It's just an amazing thing because you learn by seeing. You learn by doing and Then you can go back and read about it. Or you can read about it first and go back and do it. My son has carried on a tradition. He's, he's a traveler in the family. Uh, right? My baby girl wants to, but she's a baby girl. We're not going to let her go. Why? No. <laughs> baby girl, no. My son's married, so he doesn't have to worry about that. He's not going anywhere. Actually, they do travel. Traveling is really, really opened up a whole new world to me. And when I was a high school teacher, I had done a decent amount of traveling. So that opened the door for me to be a world history teacher. I heard about this job when I was in Chicago, but the job was in Wisconsin, Brown Deer, Milwaukee. And so I overheard these administrators talking about an open position. So I strategically went to the place, walked in and dropped an application. It didn't take very long. Um, as an American of African descent, as a high school teacher, we're a commodity. There's not too many of us. So you're going to try to scoop my my uh, transcripts were fantastic. They had the travel experience on it. They put me through a test called the Perceiver. The Perceiver test this is a long test, and I apparently I did very very well on it. So the superintendent he didn't screw around at all. He offered me a contract on the second meeting. I don't even think I filled out an application. <laughs> don't know if I should have shared that, but yeah. So he hired me. I was excited. And then he closed the office door. He said, I want to talk to you about something. Sit down. And he said, "Um, you're going to be up against something because people are going to think that you got this job solely because you're black. I said, why am I going to think that? Why would they think that? Well, because you're the only black teacher in the school now. Welcome aboard. And I'm like, well, why are you telling me this? He said, I'm telling you this because you did not get this job because you're black. You got this job because you're qualified, immensely qualified, surprisingly qualified. So whenever you get that vibe where somebody is stupid enough to say that to your face, I just want you to understand that this is the culture. Well, I, I uh, thanked him for his candor. And it didn't take very long before that was exactly what I experienced. But that's not something I was new at because when I was student teaching, I taught in a little town called West Bend. And I was the first black person in the school period. <laughs> it was two schools put together, thousands of kids. And they were not shy. While I was interviewing, and the, you know, the bell rang and they were passing classes. One kid yelled out, hey, ninja. You know, the N word. And the guy I was interviewing with, I know he heard it. I knew he heard it, but he didn't say anything. We continued to tour. Then we sat down for the formal interview part. Then he said, you know what? I got to tell you something. I just want you to know I heard that. And if you would have told me before this that I would ever hear anything like that here, I wouldn't believe it. Now I have to face the fact that we got a culture issue here. I just want you to know that I heard it. He didn't apologize. He didn't grovel. He just acknowledged that it existed. And in that moment, I knew this is where I want to work. And I want that kid in my class because that's learned behavior. That half a year I was in that school was profound. And I still hear from some of those students today. And that was, that was a little while ago. That was a little while ago. <laughs> What I'm trying to tell you, you, good people, is this: We live in a fantastic country, and yes, we have our warts, we have our we have our isms. But it's only racist if you want it to be. And even when it is racist, you have more control over the situation than you think. Just a little bit of a diversion there, because of a a wonderful telephone call into the Glen program when we return I just want to give you a reason why I think that we are not experiencing a coup with this impeachment drive and now they're talking about doing more impeachment uh, the resistance movement not only among the left and the the media and uh, half of the establishment uh, Republican Party what we're watching here is a cold civil war and things are not going to improve until we recognize what we are up against and we engage it on that level my name is james t harris i am a conservative radio talker out of phoenix arizona this is the glenn beck program
0: listening to Glenn
2: Beck. All right, I want to tell you what I'm getting my wife for Christmas, because she sent me an email. And if you don't believe what I say is true when I tell you about the commercials, ask my wife about all of the stuff that we use that you hear me talk about. And with X chair, I have an X chair. I have one in the studio. I have one in my office. And my wife sent me an email that said, I want an X chair for Christmas. And so what happened? I'm laying my head down on my pillow at night, and she says... You know, they're $100 off. I'm like, I know, honey. I read the commercials every day. So don't believe me? My wife does. The best chair I've ever sat in, and she sits in my office chair as well. She knows. Right now, you'll save 100 bucks off the model of your choice. Plus, if you use the code XWHEELS, You're going to receive a free upgrade to the X-Wheel Blade Caster. High-performance wheels for your chair. It's xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck.com. Or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR. xchairbeck.com.
1: My name is James T. Harris, and I am sitting in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. One of the things that I love uh, as a teacher is uh, we teach these battles and we would teach, I would try to share, show the students that we have a shared history. We talk about the civil war. A lot of folks think it was fought over slavery. It didn't start out that way, but it ended up that way. And there are lots of lessons that we can learn in our shared history. By the time we work ourselves up to what's happening, uh with you well actually we never got ourselves up to the present. Mo well, most history teachers don't tell you the truth about the whole situation. You make it up to World War II, maybe Korea War, and then it's over. <laughs> That's generally how it goes. But with the Civil War, so many lessons, and I think they're starting to be repeated. The telephone number, if you want to weigh in, triple eight seven two seven B E C K. We've been told that what we've experienced is a coup, a soft coup. I used to say that it was a soft coup, a silent coup. But what, is it, what does the word coup mean? Well, you look it up, it's a, a sudden, decisive exercise of force in politics. But uh, what we're watching, there's nothing sudden about it. This is premeditated. We need to ask the question, what would a modern civil war look like? Would tanks be rolling down the street in Washington, D.C.? Would missiles be targeted at Congress? Would we have armed forces storming the White House or the Capitol building? No. However. When you consider the fact that this is a civil war. We've got something going else going on. I think a civil war today would look like treason. When a group, no matter how large or small, decides it wants to step beyond the constitutional means for changing the government and changing it to fit their own ideas of government and superimpose those ideas on everybody else. Well, we have a true conflict. And if that conflict cannot be resolved to their satisfaction, and they decide to overthrow it and replace it with their own views or ideas, we have a war. And we have those circumstances playing out right now, right in front of our face. We can define a civil war as a conflict or a competition uh, between political factions or, or regions of a country. Where you have one region trying to take over governance without due process. But if you look at what we call the deep state, if you look into their actions, is there any doubt of what they were trying to do? We've got bureaucrats who are trying to overthrow the duly elected government and replace it with their own. They're trying to reshape it into the, what government should look like. <laughs> and they're relentless they're not going to stop what we're seeing with Mr. Trump is, is a Gettysburg a bloody battlefield but just another battlefield it's not a coup and it's not soft and it's not silent and if we don't see this as war we're going to lose It doesn't matter what you think about President Trump. He was elected. It should have been a peaceful transfer of power. It has not been. The very people who ridicule President Trump say, "Well, will you accept the uh, the results of this election?" Well, I have to wait and see how it turns out. Oh, 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 oh! oh. Now you have Hillary Clinton. You have. Uh, uh, members of the Obama administration, former, uh, administration. You've got CNN. You've got ABC, CBS, NBC, PBS, MSNBC, and half of Fox all aligned to remove this man from, from power based on what? Based on the fact that they don't like him. Now, it's actually more serious than that. Based on the fact that this man is fundamentally changing our country. He's For someone who's supposed to be a renegade, he really is very constitutional. And he is putting constitutionalists on the court. And that is what really has them freaked out. You saw how the left reacted to Kavanaugh. If Ruth Bader Ginsburg, God bless her. If Jesus calls her home, Katie, bar the door. It's about the courts. It's about uh, the fact that this president has come in and demonstrated to the establishment that you can do these things and it doesn't take 50 years to get them done. He's demonstrated how easy it is. If you believe in what you're doing. And for that. Or if you believe in what you're doing and you have the support of the American people. He's done this with what, what, what none of the Democrats and like a third, uh, two-thirds of the Republicans. We need to understand that there is a civil war going on. We can see it in how people, you know, are afraid to wear the red hat. Afraid to speak in favor of this president it is a civil war but i do believe we're going to win because we've got truth justice and that it is american way oh i just made a little superman thing didn't i uh we have ernie where's ernie ernie in georgia welcome to the glenn beck program
5: hey mr harris thank you very much thank you very much for your commentary too i can see very well you're a historian too and i just want to share a couple of items that i think can influence the perceptions of our nation um and that is with james armistead at yorktown who was the 007 spy that brought the intelligence to lafayette marquis de lafayette who was the ally from france who passed it on to george washington in order we could be timed properly to um get the victory at Yorktown against the British in seventeen eighty one. You don't hear that while it's shared. That's the fact. That's no spin of what happened. And not only that, but then Bonker Hill, we got outstanding Patriots, Peter Salem, Salem poor, who happened to be black. They saved the day. But where do you read that in
1: commentary? You're bringing up so, s- Ernie. Excellent <laughs> points. Excellent, excellent examples of our shared history. Did we lost Ernie?
5: That was promote
1: unity. You. If you got that publicized frequently enough, that would bring the unity. Well, you know what, and thank you very much for the call, Ernie. I agree with you. It would promote unity. I do believe that if we understood our shared history, it, it it would it would give people pause. One of the things that I like to do on Memorial Day is talk about, you know, the or the origins of Memorial Day, because a lot of Americans don't realize that that was started in the South by former slaves, by freed slaves who dug up. Uh, a Confederate, I'm sorry, dug up Union bodies that were like thrown into a mass grave and then reburied them and then had a huge ceremony which included preaching and children and white roses and they turned the old track, the, the, the old racetrack that was destroyed during the war, they used that as the burial ground. And it started a tradition. But when you had some Northerners, uh, 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 journalists found out about it, you know, because it was it appeared in the New York Times, I do believe they buried it, and they started a different tradition. So you had two different Memorial Days going on for a long time—one for the North, and one for the (laughs) South—and it didn't come together until a researcher uncovered uh, uh, uncovered this like about 15, 20 years ago. And so every Memorial Day, I share this because we have a shared history. Yes, we have racial angst. Yes, we have isms. Yes, we've had problems. As people come from all over the world, they brought their mess with them. But we found a way to work it out. We found a way. It is only recently, I have to tell you honestly, that all of this stuff has been brought up, brought back, and just, just, just. And it's for a reason. It always amuses me. It amuses me when I see the left uh, complain about who they are think are white supremacists. And ignore the exact same sentiment on the other side my name is James T Harris sitting in for Glenn Beck this is the Glenn Beck program
0: you're listening to Glenn Beck
2: it's time to get back into gold because there's a reset coming and maybe you should do your own homework and consider gold or silver. One eight six six gold line is the number I would call. You might want to spit yourself out of the system, and the way to do that is to have something in hard gold or silver. Now, you might think you're not able to afford gold. That's not true. I asked them specifically, and I think they're the only ones that do this, specifically to do an accumulation special. Now, this is not you getting in debt. This is you doing, uh, it's like a layaway a hundred dollars a month and you send a hundred dollars a month and they just keep building your gold portfolio Nobody else does that Accumulation special get started for as low as a hundred dollars a month please find out if gold or silver is right for you please batten down the hatches 1866 goldline 1866 goldline get started for as little as a hundred dollars a month 1866 goldline or goldline.com.
1: My name is James T. Harris. We're sitting in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, I have to tell you, that as much as I don't want to talk about it, we didn't really get into it that much today, but we're going to get into it tomorrow. We're going to take a couple of deep dives with the whole impeachment uh, a dive. Oh, yes, I will be filling in for Glenn Beck again tomorrow. I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you that. And we're going to take a deep dive into FISA. We're going to take a deep dive into impeachment and just how, I mean, really down the rabbit hole this stuff goes. We're also going to talk about Space Force, which is something that is ridiculed on both sides of the aisle. But you know what? Space Force is really kind of cool what the president is trying to do and what he's trying to combat. What if the Senate held an impeachment and nobody came? That's where we're going to go tomorrow, because it's just too much. It's too much fun. We're also going to talk about how the Democrats. I don't know if you notice this. The Democrats are having like a one night stand with the founders. The Democrats, they'll start quoting the Constitution. They'll start quoting, talking about the Founding Fathers, waxing, poetic. These are the very same Democrats that want to get rid of the Electoral College. But they're all about impeachment. They won't tell you that really treason is the only thing you can really go after here. They won't do that. They hand over empty articles because they, they're based on, based on well, nothing and they know it. But that's the extent uh, I should say that's where we are in this country right now uh with politics. We have one party that truly could not accept the fact that President Trump won. That's what it comes down to. That's what we're watching. That's what we're battling. And unfortunately, there are no guarantees of how this thing is going to turn out. That is why. It's very important for us to understand where we're getting our information from, to speak truth to power, to speak truth to ignorance, and to do it with love in our heart. Tis the season. And we could just take a page from our Lord and Savior, whose birthday we worshiped yesterday. Oh my goodness, people hated him. And why did they hate him? Well, because he sort of, overturned the, the card, didn't he? He did not support the establishment. <laughs> not at all. His teachings uh, uh challenged the establishment to the point where they started breathing murderous threats against him. James C. Harris, are you trying to say that President Trump is like Jesus? No, I'm not trying to say that. But what I'm trying to say is hate is not very imaginative. It's not imaginative at all. And it's easy to spot. And it's disturbing when you encounter it, when you encounter true hate, it's disturbing. I don't care what your ethnicity is. I don't care how you identify gender wise when you are confronted with hate. There's no mistaking it. And that's what we're seeing. Oh, and Jesus taught us how to confront hate too, didn't he? And far too many of us hold on to it and we let it define who we are. We can't do that. I would like to invite, uh, uh Americans to pour out cups of sorrow. I would uh, invite, invite Americans to not, not let past hurt and not let past isms define them oh i pretty much can guarantee i'm going to hear from people who are i I, I consider haters i've already started to hear from them and your comments are welcome why been there done that you don't define me no and i'm sitting in for glenn beck yes (laughs) yes I've had a great time with you guys today. Thank you so much for your comments. You can follow me on Twitter at James T. Harris. You can also check me out on my Facebook page. That's James T. Harris Media. I got Instagram and all kinds of stuff, but you, got, you, you you find me. You will find me. I appreciate the comments today. I appreciated the calls. Fear not, my friends. Fear not. Oh, we serve a mighty God and we live In a fantastic country Don't ever take that for granted James C. Harris filling in for Glenn Beck This is the Glenn Beck Program You're listening
0: to Glenn
5: Beck